All right, go ahead. Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place we can have meaningful conversation and a safe place. We are your host. I am Pastor David. We have Pastor Caesar. Yo. And we have James. Hey, hey. And we have a special guest, Bobby Cervantes. Hello, hello. We got a great show for you today. Um, How's it been, guys? I mean, here we are. We're another week away from the freeze. I know things hasn't hasn't changed a lot for me as far as the freeze because we still have so much work that we're doing trying to put all these pools back together after broken pipes and everything. James, just talking about your situation a little bit, you're still kind of put out? Yeah, well, we're making progress finally because I was just like hanging out on – I was just waiting for the guy to – so the way our – so I had to go through my warranty company and then they assign us a plumber and then that plumber like picks out a day or whatever says whenever he can do it. But, uh, he basically long story short, he basically, he basically just kept like every couple days being like, Hey, just call me back a few days from now. I'm really busy right now. I don't know if, when I can get to you guys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know you're busy. Just, you know, give us a time frame whenever you can or something like that. And he'd make me call back a few days later and then uh, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm still really busy. Uh, can't get to you yet. And I'd be like, yeah, I know you're busy. Just what do you think? Like two weeks with this, that give me something. Uh, call me back Friday. So anyway, he did that like two or three times. And then fine. So I wasted almost two weeks. And then finally, when I called him back like the third or fourth time, he was like, yeah, he basically more or less words was just like, look, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Sorry. And uh, so he, which was really lame, which I mean, I get it. You know, everybody's crazy busy, but. Because he wasted my time for like two weeks, that was two weeks I could have been in line with some other company or something. Exactly. So I was pretty annoyed with that. But uh, I, I got us assigned like a different, a different company, and they're supposed to be here Friday. So uh, hopefully they actually show up. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they just don't show up. But oh, supposedly coming Friday morning. So. I would call my uh, home warranty company and just tell them about this guy. Like, man, he strung me along for two weeks. I wouldn't do business. Yeah, I did all that. Yeah. Yeah, I did that because, so I was going to call him and I was telling my in-laws something about him. We were at lunch and uh, so somebody was like, what you need to do, you just got to lie to him. Tell him you got an infant at home. <laughs> tell him you got, you know, just make up some crazy situation and let him know. And uh, then my dad, you know, my dad, how he gets, he's like your typical, uh, you know, 40 plus year old male. That's whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it that, easy. No, that's, that's all like, that's all like, you know, you got to get stern with them. You know, you got to complain. And, uh, that's and, uh, that white privilege kicking in. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I've worked in like the customer service industry in one way or another for like a decade now. So I know exactly how those people are and it doesn't actually help. They feel like they got something accomplished. They're like, yeah, I told them this and that, and I showed them, <laughs> but they didn't really do anything. So anyway, I talked to her. I was super nice to the lady, explained everything real nice, was really patient with her, and uh, she took care of everything for her. So she personally called them. This was on a Sunday night, <clears throat> so they couldn't actually get a hold of anybody. So she was like, yeah, in the morning, I'm going to personally take care of all this for you, da 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 
And uh, so, yeah, so she did. So she got a schedule today. You want to put the So, yeah, block? you be nice. You don't have to lie or be a jerk. You can just, like, be a good yeah. person. I, I remember one episode we were talking about how you don't like to leave bad reviews. Like, you don't leave good ones or bad ones. You just don't leave yeah. reviews. You know, right now, the whole plumbing industry, they, they can pick and choose what they want. Like, that's mm. crazy, right? Like, they, they have so much, so many jobs coming their way that they can choose what they want to do. But you know what? It ain't always going to be like that. Yeah. And so, those... so, so you want to leave a bad review right now? Go ahead and put that plumber on blast. Yes. Well, you know what I wish, though? <laughs> I wish because everybody's all about reviews, right? Uh, I wish everybody's always threatening, like, I'm going to leave your company a bad review. I'm going to leave this restaurant a bad review. I wish the restaurants and companies could somehow leave the guest a review. Like you have, <laughs> you're a guest, you go to whatever store or whatever. All the company says, oh yeah, this person complains about this and this and this. And they always try to get free coupons for everything. And da, da, da. I wish if y'all follow, if people had that, you know, they'd be a little nicer when they deal with customer service. You know what? I, w- I wish they would listen. Cause then I would go to Cheddar's. I'd go to movies oh, oh, and I tell them, oh. I say, you know what? We we got a couple things we need to talk about. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually a good. I mean, that's a good point. A good idea is like to customers to be reviewed. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't know oh, how like, that. Oh no, you 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 tip bad. Don't even coming in here. Yeah, never <laughs> tips. Always complains. Always uh, has an expired coupon. The same one. Yeah, <laughs> the <those>. same one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Bobby? How's your week been? You on vacation or something right now, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been crazy. I was like, uh, I was on vacation for two weeks. We hit the hill country one week. We hit uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale the next week. After my wife Linda got her her second vaccine, she goes, "Okay, I feel safe on a plane now." So we nice. hopped up, hopped down there, and that was a uh, man. Miami was crazy. People, people drive. I pulled into a place to get a drink in the drive-thru, and I said, does everybody down here think they're an indie race car driver? Wow. <laughs> she goes, when I moved here five years ago, she said, I thought the exact same thing. And these aren't people with, like, junky cars driving crazy. They're with, like, BMWs and Jags driving crazy. Mm-hmm. In and out of traffic, like, nobody's business. Yeah, so I was on vacation two weeks. I come back, I work a week. Snowpocalypse hit. I go back. Work three days. I was off two days. Then I work one day yesterday, and I'm off the rest of the week. Man, man, <laughs> hold up. I'm on a vacation roll right now. Man, <laughs> watch, watch out! You'd be like Caesar, be a whole year off of. <laughs> hey, that was that job. was fourteen. That was fourteen months. So ow, I'm gonna clarify ow, that. Ow, and, ow. And, and I and I felt every minute. <laughs> well. Speaking of, you know, uh, getting your your shots and all that, let's just jump right into Culture Corner. Turn me up. Turn me up. Here we go. Here we go. So some big news came out. Governor Abbott says, listen, we're done with these masks. We're done with all this nonsense, all this you know, Democratic boo, pookie. <laughs> I don't think he said any of that. That's what he meant, bro. Let me tell you, let me tell you exactly what he meant. Look, Governor Abbott, he ain't got time for all that stuff. He's like, look, we got 5.2 million people in the Texas right now that have already been vaccinated. We're moving on with life. You don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to. They're going to leave it up to the individual um, counties. And uh, we're opening this thing up 100 percent. 
And uh, so I think it's some uh, pretty interesting news that came out. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I know that I have um, gotten used to sometimes not wearing my mask as much as I did before. Uh, But I still, we went to the mall this past week to try to get some stuff for Noah. And I still wasn't comfortable around all those people. You know, there was a lot of people there and people there just don't care. They're like, just like spit my cup type deal. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I wasn't comfortable there. Plus, speaking of malls, I felt like I was like living in the past. Like who goes to a mall right now? Yeah, what were you doing at a mall? Like I can order this stuff on Amazon, right? Like, I don't understand why I would even go to a mall. There's some specialty stuff that we waited just too long that we had to get, you know. Um, so we had to, Noah needed some new cowboy boots, so we had to we had to go to Cavender's for that. And then um, he had to have a shirt that, whatever, whatever's going on Amazon right now, I pay every year for two-day shipping. Mm-hmm. Amazon, pick up your game because y'all stringing out five, six days right now. I know snow, apocalypse, all this stuff, whatever, bull. Y'all need to get your game together because the <laughs> snow is gone. The ice is gone. I expect my stuff in two days. Yeah, it was like in the 70s last week or something like that. I was wearing it was shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I got sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> so what do y'all think how you guys feeling i know bobby you 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 already got your uh your vaccine and stuff you work in the hospitals um he's essential yeah you're essential so how how y'all feeling about this news coming out of uh with the, with governor abbott oh you know it was like hey abbott was like look man i'm getting i'm getting railed over for for you know the grid power grid failing what can i do to get my constituents back on the <laughs> let me drop this covid stuff and yeah. let me win them back over <laughs> yeah i'm man i'm i'm pumped about it i was uh i hadn't i hadn't really been worried about it uh like from the start maybe i'm just too dumb to like understand properly but i was never like we should all be wearing masks we should all shut down businesses. I always thought that was crazy. When it was first happening and people were like, yeah, they're, they're talking about shutting down businesses for a while. I was like, what? The government can't do that. Right. And then everybody just let it happen. And I was like, this is insane. I can't believe, I can't believe anybody went along with it at all ever. And uh, I'm not like anti-mask, anti-whatever, you know, if you're high risk and you feel more comfortable wearing the mask, do it, do your thing. But I just think it's crazy that it ever got to the point where the government was like, you have to do this. And you're not allowed to do, you can't go to work. You know, they enforced a dress code on the nation. Like, that's crazy to right. me anyway. So I'm glad that, like, you're allowed to choose again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's I, where I... I can understand, like, in the very beginning, because we didn't know what this thing was, right? There, there was It was this, you know, worldwide thing. People were dying. We didn't have a good control over it at first. We didn't know even know how to treat it at first. Uh, the things that we were doing were not helping. But then we got a control over. We st- we started figuring out what was really going on that, you know, uh, people you, your guys age were, were not being affected by that too much. We should let y'all go to work. Y'all run run the country. And then us old guys, we wear a mask and be careful and, and things like that. Don't bring it home to our grandparents and, um, and and those type of things. But just shutting the nation down. um especially after the first four or five months that we really started understanding the virus. I think that was, uh, of course, you know, we all can say there was some political stuff going on with some of that stuff. 
um, if you believe it or not. But, you know, I think uh, a lot of people believe that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's time to move on. I think that, like that like, like Governor Abbott said, there's over 5 million people that have been vac- vaccinated here in Texas. Um, the numbers are down. Um, so I think it's time to move on a little bit. But, the you know, high-risk people should really uh, take precautions and get their vaccines if, if they feel like they need to. Um, but it's time to, to see what this thing did. My, my personal opinion, we need to open up, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we need, we, everybody needs to get it so that'll go away. Basically herd <laughs> what they call it, herd, uh, uh, um, immunity, I mean, herd immunity. And I think that's one of the things that is, if the, if the healthy people would get it, it the, you'll see the numbers really drop way down. So, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to act like I'm a scientist or doctor and know what's going on, but I just I was always on the side like you should be able to choose what what you wear or what you don't wear if you can go to work or not. I'm just kind of more on that side of it. So I'm glad that uh, people are going to have the option to, you know, use their freedoms again. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. I'm one of the one of the positives for me is that people People just uh, well now there's like an a shaming if you don't wash your hands, which it should always have been, you know. But be, some people are nasty. You go to the restroom, you don't wash your hands, mm-hmm. you, know, you do all these other things. Like it's like you lucky Corona is the only thing going on. With how nasty you are, you know. Anyway, <laughs> for sure, but, you know, for sure. But you know what? I seen a, a sixty minutes or a twenty twenty one time where uh, they went into some of these public restrooms. And I, I mean, I don't want to definitely scare anybody off from washing their hands because I think that, you know, because of some of this pandemic stuff, we've gotten a lot better of keeping things clean. But people were leaving. They were, they were testing their hands after they got finished using the restroom and they would be have more germs on them after they touch the knobs and the and the you know the, did they go test that lubies? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so but. I think we do a whole, whole lot better job now than we did in the early 2000s when I seen that. Yeah, show. yeah, I'm I'm glad that there's a lot more uh, hand sanitizer out there. People are just a little more conscientious of the fact that you know I can't really sneeze on who I want to. Um, so you know that, that, that that's good, I guess. You know, yeah. for the I guess for the social for the social aspect of all that. But yeah, I mean, I think also like on a psychological level. It, uh, people that were naturally uh, introverts are going to have a hard, a harder time getting back into the swing of things. And, you know, because if you were, if your heart was already not into the big crowds and those kind of things, it just probably made it even harder. Um, but then also those that were just kind of like, you know, uh, turbo, you know, they have no problem being in huge crowds. They're probably, uh, what is it like a stir crazy after, after a year and some change. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's, we're going to see both extremes and I personally think we're going to see another spike. Yeah. Yeah. I think we will too, but I think it's just the, it's the process of getting to where we need to go, you know? Yeah. 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 We can't, we can't stop life. We, yeah. we, we got to keep moving and, uh, is just Texas, the, Texas is the first place to, do everything at a hundred percent, right? I think unofficially Florida's been doing it the whole time. You I mean, know? Florida's been, <laughs> yeah, but like technically they were still at like seventy five or whatever. I think, yeah. But uh, but is is Texas the first to like officially do it? Bobby, you just came back from Florida. What was it there? Yeah, it's insane, man. We were in South Beach. Um, went to a few restaurants during the middle of the day, during the middle of the week, like two o'clock. 
and it was like absolutely no social distancing inside the restaurants. Yeah. Uh, like absolutely zero. No one was wearing masks. The, the, the servers were wearing masks, but as far as the customers, not a one was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I went to Florida like five months ago or something like that. And uh, that's how it was, but they still had like the signs up and all, you know, it's so, like, Hey, Right. You know, wear a mask, but people just wouldn't do it. Plus, I mean, you're at the beach. Like we we went to the beach, you know, because it was still hot out. You know, people aren't like swimming in their mask and stuff. You know, <laughs> how is but, it that Florida always makes it into this podcast? I mean, we're always <laughs> in one way, shape, or form. We're always talking about Florida and how crazy they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. All right, well, guys, I got a song for you today. This one's "Never Lost" by Elevation Worship and Tor. for you to do and your hand is moving right now you are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus and your voice is calling me out and right now I know you're able in my You never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I know, I know You never win Everything's possible By the power of the Holy Ghost I knew jam to me i know that uh some people on the podcast don't always like that uh you know elevation worship and all that mainstream stuff but uh they put out good music no their music their music their their, hey their music is fine their theology is something else but this is not the episode (laughs) to talk about that (laughs) but uh no Pastor Stephen Furtick and the team, they're doing big things. And uh, we actually, we've played that song a few times uh, over there with Pastor Bobby and uh, uh, Sunday morning. So that song is a jam. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Um, 
let's just jump right into our, our main topic. We wanted to uh, bring Pastor Bobby on here. Um, Pastor Bobby's been around our church. How long were we was talking earlier, Bobby? 37 years. 37 years. He, uh, I, yeah, he's been. Uh, so that makes you what, about 38? Yeah. Bobby. <laughs> yeah, maybe 40. Maybe 40. <laughs> I first met Bobby when he was, we were just talking before we got on here. Uh, I met Bobby uh, when he was like 19, 20 years old. He was the uh, youth leader uh, over at the uh, our youth program. And uh, he was one of the, the ones that helped launch. launch. We had a, a, a Friday night new sword program where they would open up the church on Friday nights. And we had video games, pool tables, ping pong, foosball, uh, basketball, volleyball. And there would be... 100 200 kids over there on a friday night and it was just a cool thing for for us christian guys to to have a, that place that almost like a little club that we could go to and we could hang out and we had the you know the relevant music of the time that was playing there uh we had um a, a band that was I think it was, you know, a, a pretty good sounding band back then. It was pretty relevant. And I met I met this guy uh, at the at the foosball table and this guy was super good at the foosball table and I was trying to get better and better at foosball, but there was this one guy that kept like beating everybody, you know? So I just really kind of focused in on him to see what what was going on. It was this Young man Bobby Cervantes <laughs> killing them boys on the on the foosball table, and uh, so Bobby said, so "Just thanks for for dropping by with us tonight. Um, we just kind of wanted to pick your brain. You've been around for a long time. Our, our convocations coming up. Tell sure. us maybe like one of your most fondest memories about the convocation that you have." Oh man, that's easy. That's easy, Pastor David. And I just want to tell y'all, thank y'all so much. It's uh, it's uh, it's a joy to be here with y'all, man. And uh, I was telling, I had texted David earlier. And I was like, man, I'm kind of nervous. Like I told him, <laughs> I can stand in front of a congregation of people and sing, and I don't have a problem with that. But just looking at some people that you know and talking and making a conversation. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. But but yeah. just well, real, well th- this is the number one podcast in all of Elam. So that I just, true. you know, that's a big deal. That yeah, is a, it's a huge deal. But before you go on, Bobby, uh, when we were talking, I asked him a question and he, he said, hang on. He goes, babe, that might be asking me some questions that you don't know the answers to yet. <laughs> uh, I was asking him about ex-girlfriends and stuff. He was getting nervous. He started sweating a little bit. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your, some early memories of the convocation. Oh, man. Early memories of the convocation, man, was uh, just, you know, starting off. Um, yeah. 37 years. This is number 32. I can't say that I was at the very first ones. I know I was probably there at nighttime, uh, but during the day services, uh, you know, it was just a few people, a few pastors and stuff. And then it just started opening up. Um, missionaries wanted to come as well. And uh, man, as y'all know, and as Pastor Mark and Pastor Ron's been on here recently, it has just evolved into something just incredible. And I mean, it just... You know, when you hear about people from saving their money literally all year long just to get here, you know, it just it just blows your mind. It's like, you know, here we are. We have the the opportunity. It's right down the street. But yet 
our comfort and our laziness to be exact just keeps us from going there. And here we are, we're talking to people who's like, man, I've, you know, um, we made a church sponsors, the same kind of conference convocation in Belize um, for several years now. And we went down there. It was crazy. Uh, I remember talking to some people. They said a skilled laborer um, in the city makes about 20, 20 to 25 bucks. I think it was a day, maybe. They said a high school principal makes $400 a month. Wow. A high school principal. And you know what, you know, airline fare is. Well, right now it's cheap. Nobody's traveling. But, you know, <laughs> even then it's like, man, these people are truly making a sacrifice to get here, to hear what God has for them. It's going to speak to them. So it's been, you know, it's been incredible, man, just to see people's lives changed. And when I say that, I remember there was a couple, I forget exactly what part of the country they were in. Um, but they were like Danish or something like that. And they were like in a totally different country, totally un-Danish, of course. And they were talking about how, man, we were just fixing it. We were fixing it, just, you know, throw in the towel. We were going to say, this is it. It's, it's just not working for us. And they come down here and God just speaks to their hearts and just charges them up, energizes them, gives them a renewed vision and reminds them of the vision of why they even went there in the first place. And just to see that and just to see the, the joy restored in their faces, man, as they talk about it and give testimony, those, those kind of memories stick with you. And they remind you, this is why we do what we're doing. This, this is the reason we're making the sacrifices we're making is just to bring people back and to restore that vision in their hearts to continue doing and, you know, progressing the gospel. Yeah. As far as my biggest personal memory and the one I always give testimony to whenever convocation time comes up, I had uh, switched departments at my job. This is about 20 years ago. And um, I didn't have vacation time or something like that. Anyway, they uh, you got a whole bunch of it now. (laughs) You got a whole bunch of it now. Yeah, brother. Yeah. I'm still even though with those two weeks I took and this week when I go back, I'll still be sitting on five weeks. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, so, um, you know, I didn't have um, the time and I was like, oh, they said, well, you can take LWAP leave without pay. And I'm like, okay, I guess I just have to do that. So I come home and I tell Linda, I said, hey, I'm just going to have to do three days without pay. And I said, but she goes, it's okay. She goes, Lord's going to bless us and he'll honor you for, for doing it. And I said, all right, sure, cool. So, you know, you just, you say the thing because that's just what you say, right? <laughs> you know, but how many times do we really believe, believe it's really going to happen and God's really going to honor it and bless you for that? Well, I can attest to it. He really did. The very first day, and it's you know, it almost brings me to tears every time I think about it, but the very first day we did worship that morning service, that early session, I was sitting there on the front row. A gentleman walks over to me that I'd seen a couple of years before in the past, but I'd never conversed with him. Just a hello. He walks up to me and he goes, hey, young man. He goes, that was some great worship this morning. And I said, well, thank you. I said, you know, to God be the glory. And he stuck his hand out and I stuck my hand out to shake him. And when he did, he took his other hand, he put something in my hand. He goes, hey, here's a little something for you to take your wife out to lunch with. And I said, okay. Well, I said, well, thank you. You know, I put it in my pocket. I'm not going to say that I was super spiritual. And then I went home and I forgot about it. 
soon as he left, I got up to <laughs> take it out of my pocket. And God is my witness, man. It was exactly my three days pay. Come on. That the God man put in my hand. Wow. Yeah. Man. So at that point, man, I was just like, this is, this is what I'm going to do every year. As long as I have the opportunity. Because do you I, remember where you went out and eat afterwards? <laughs> yeah, please don't tell me it was Luby's. I think we used to pay a bill back in those days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it was just uh, it was just an awesome, an awesome um, thing that God did, and I'll never forget it. So, That's awesome. Know. That's an awesome testimony. In this group, in this group right here, I'm the, I'm the neophyte. I think this is I'm going on num- number eight for me. The uh, which is still, I think, a pretty good number. But, you know, James has been there all his life. And uh, so so have you, Pastor David. And Bobby is a, you know, he's a mainstay. He's a staple. All you guys are pillars there. And, and you know, I remember my, I vaguely remember my first one, but I remember it enough to where after you experience it, you know, I, I could never miss one of these ever again. Right. And, and I, know, I know we talk it up, but it's it's worth being talked up you know it's what 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 god does throughout that time and the people that he brings in it's like you can have a conversation with just somebody that walks in through that door and you're like oh yeah they were they were a nice person and then somebody goes and tells you it's like hey do you know what they do and then they start talking about oh yeah you know they they have a ministry where they where they minister to two three hundred you know at-risk teenagers or or you know girls uh, girls in some in, in some remote part in some mountain somewhere that have been rescued from sex trafficking and all that. And you're like, Oh, wow. You know, I just, I served this person some food or I shook their hand. I gave them a smile. And, uh, you know, for, for those of you that listen, cause I know we have some listeners that are not, that are non-Christian, which is good. I'm glad you're here. Um, that's normal. People don't do that. Right. Just, just people, I was talking to to somebody on on the worship team. This was a couple of years ago, but you know, I was telling them, uh, you think about think about you know what we do on like a Sunday morning or something. You know, our our size church, we have a decent sized church. You know, a few hundred members in there. Whenever we were ripping and roaring before COVID and all that, you know, you have easily you can have four hundred people in the building, right? And and it's like, you know, we all get a chance to play, to minister, to talk, to take communion, to vacuum a floor, to, you know, whatever. But, you know, what we get a chance to do uh, day in, day out, week after week is, is uh, you know, we're able to to do something where we're in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. And you, then you go to work, you know, on Monday and then that following week and say, hey, how was your weekend? And it's like, you won't understand you won't understand. So like, what were you doing? I played my drums in front of 500 people this weekend. And you're like, we're what? And, you know, those kind of things. And, and that's just a normal everyday week. But whenever the convocation rolls around, man, you know, we are, we are in front of some champions. We are, we definitely have an opportunity to minister to, to warriors that are out there doing the things that I know calling is one thing, but, but we get a chance to do things that, uh, for people that really gave it all, they 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 they're doing things that that you and I would never be comfortable doing or, or giving up, you know. So um, it's it's real special. It's a very special time in Elam Church, right? So if you don't know, um, you'll be we'll be releasing this on March the eighth on Monday. This will be the 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 first, well Sunday we launch, but March eighth is really when everybody starts coming in. 
Um, we have a pastors and missionaries convocation at our church every every single year. Um, so it's not too late. We just started. Uh, get your tail over here to 3200 South Ritchie uh, in Houston, Texas. I know we got listeners in Russia and Ireland and get you on, get on a plane, Russia. I know you've been tuning in every single week. All you guys from Oklahoma and North Carolina and, and California, we see y'all listening. Jump on that plane. Hey, Texas is open. Come on. We don't have to wear masks. Come on. 100%. Come on. <laughs> and you know what? If you come, if you find yourself in the Houston area, come and visit us at Elam Church, 3200 South Ritchie. Come on now. Yeah, stop by the sound booth, man. Just come up to the come up the stairs in the sound booth, grab us, because either we're up in the sound booth or we're on the stage. Uh, just let us let us know you're a faithful refugee. Up on project. the stage, That's grab right. us, Great, grab <laughs> us. Not in the middle, not in the middle of service. Uh, although some people, although some people might. Hey, real quick, just to kind of, just to kind of, uh, you know, just uh, let's uh, take a little, little breather here. I, I was thinking about a game I want to play with you guys. Okay, let's do it real quick. All right, so we've been fasting all the way up until the time of convocation. So whenever you hear this, we're already a day in and I guarantee you all the weight that I lost, I put back on in six hours. All right. And, uh, but you know, why do they call it a fast anyway? It is so slow. You know what I mean? Whenever you, whenever you're going through it, you're like, Oh, I want to eat everything. I want to eat this table. Especially when pastor um, called 40 days this time. We're used to going in for 21 and we've done fasted, I don't know, we, we 60, were talking, 80 days this year. He was talking about that yesterday whenever we were with him, right? We how he said that uh, somebody brought to his attention in these last four months, we've fasted for 80 days. Yeah, what's my grocery bill showed me did something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I want to play a quick game with you guys. I want to I want to talk about food. And if you're not doing a food fast, hey, that's all right. So just let me live vicariously through you right now. Um, but uh, but OK, if we had to design the perfect fast food burger meal. All right. But it has to be fast food. What about quick? Service? Where would you? Where yeah, not quick service. No, 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 no. Fast food, drive through. You know what I mean? Okay. Where would you get the burger from? Where would you get the fries from? And where would you get the drink from? Oh, and the condiments too. Okay. Is it is it just like regular, uh, like popular? Chain yeah, fast fast food, food chains. Not, not not the hole in the wall places that are because all of us are foodies here, so we we all got our spots. But no, like popular. I'm going to say fries from McDonald's. Okay. McDonald's okay. fries. Safe one. Ketchup from uh, Whataburger. You know yeah, it. For sure. Um, the burger. Gosh, from main chains. Now, be I mean, careful what, now. We might fight. I mean, you can't go wrong with a Whataburger. Um, gosh. And, and, and also, I mean, like, so if you said McDonald's, is it like a Big Mac or is it like a quarter pounder with cheese? That's up to you, James. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing from McDonald's. No burgers <laughs> from McDonald's. You about to lose some <laughs> friends. I mean, come on. I'd rather eat a Wendy's burger than a McDonald's burger. Wendy's Wait, what's, burger wrong with, what's, what's wrong with the Wendy's burger? It's you said it like McDonald's. <laughs> I would you know go... What? I want right, a hamburger from Luby's before I eat one from <laughs> McDonald's. 
Don't eat anything from Luby's. I already told yeah, you about their hamburger steak. I already told you about that hamburger steak they got over there with the cheese <laughs> and the bacon on trash. top. You know what? I'm about to go on a rant. Why do they call that hamburger steak? It's 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 it's, it's not a steak. It's, it's not like a steak. You just <laughs> shape it in like a, a ribeye, and you're good to go. Brother David be hitting that Lou Ann platter. Oh, you know it. You know I get that Lou Ann platter. Hey, hey, especially on Wednesdays because guess what? Kids eat free. That's what I'm talking about. We you know what? You can. When you, you got can five r- kids. You know where all the kids eat free places are. Uh, you could wrap a piece of poop in. Oh, oh, oh! Come on, in, come on! In, in a Hershey's don't, wrapper, and that, that, that don't make it chocolate. You about that don't make it chocolate. Come on now, come on. Okay, let's just move on past Luby's because y'all already. All right, I'm going. Wendy's fries, <laughs> McDonald. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Whataburger burger. Drink. Oh, I didn't even think about the drink. Condiments are from Whataburger as well. Um, I go McDonald's drink. I go McDonald's drink because they are a dollar. First of all, and there, it's is money an issue in this fantasy here, or do we have unlimited? Big straw too. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know how I feel about the big straw, though. And, you know, it's just the the, the volume that, that you get in all at one time. Sometimes it's just it's too much. And it, it like saturates, you know, whatever you're trying to. And you drink it too fast, too. But if it's a yeah. dollar for a large, then it's not as bad as spending two fifty for a large with the big you know, straw. But, but, but let's get technical now. And wherever we get the drink, the ice has to be from Sonic. Sonic. All right. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has the good ice, too. Did they change their ice? No, but it's it's, it's kind of like Sonic, but it's a little bit bigger. So, but it's soft, right? But so it's Chick Fil A fast food, though. It's it is. It's faster than all the other places. What do you mean? Fastest. Yeah, but that's, that's just because they have good. You know, they have a good logistic system in there. But I, I don't know if they're considered fast food. If hey, you ask if, them, if, they ain't. No. No, they're quick service. Quick service. Okay. Anyways, we'll leave Chick Fil A out of it because they're not even a hamburger. Like chicken burger. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're. I, I think 2021 is, is weird enough that we probably might see uh, some some uh, some beef elements okay, coming I'm a, into I'm play. Gonna, I'm gonna tell you mine real quick. Water burger, burger, water burger, ketchup, Wendy's fries, McDonald's, McDonald's Coke. You just copied everything I said, bro. I didn't <laughs> copy you. <laughs> I said it first, so you copied me. Well, I like me and you think a lot alike. You know what? I would say that, except for I mean, you also just talked up Luby's for us. <laughs> so you're making my opinion look bad because you're lumping it in right. with well, Luby's. You, and you stuff. get my age I, and my amount of kids. You, you y'all see it. I see it, Luby's. Six I, I'm gonna get here. Let's, let's get a little technical. Don't be here. out of business by then. I, I, I'm gonna get the I'm, I'm gonna get the square shaped patty from Wendy's. Well, you're number one. No, no, hold on. But oh. not from Wendy's. It's just a square shape. But go ahead and send that that square shape to Whataburger. Okay. So then right. they'll, they'll they'll cut it there, and then they'll finish it off with the way that they finish it. Hatch green chilies on there with some uh, with uh, some sautéed onions as well. I ain't mad the at that. bun. The bun. The bun will be sesame seed from Burger King. Mm, I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got good. I'm not down then, with seeds for whatever, you know? Man, they whatever. Make, you they like make Luby's. you fail your drug test at work. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then for the fries, okay, this this is gonna be kind of uh, out of left field here, but whenever don't make, you don't get, make me put you back in the waiting room. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so whenever the fries from Popeyes first come out, where they still where they're still the crispy, pie. the hot fries from Popeyes. Okay, never had them. Never had them. Okay, yeah, I don't even think. Yeah, I don't think I've had them. Really? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't, I can't even say yes or no, but I I never had them. Oh my god. The goodness. best fries used to be Dairy Queen before they changed them like eight years ago. So they're too they thick right the now, best. right? They're too thick now. They used they're to be- okay now, but now they're just like regular fries. But they used to be the best. Josh can tell you all about it sometime. He knows. So he knows hey, real, real quick, since we're on fries, because me and Marina, we always fight about this. What are you, uh, uh, what do you, what, what's your opinion on shoestring fries? Go. Shoe, wait, which one's shoestring? They're the tiny little ones that when, it, when you put them in your mouth, they, oh, you, they don't taste like anything. Uh, I'm not into those that much. You got to put a lot of stuff on them if you want, like, I don't know, lots of, uh, put some Chipotle ranch or something, like, just put crazy stuff on them if you're giving me those fries. Yeah, <laughs> dip them in some sarancha. Mm-hmm, something like that. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, so some rancher. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not really a big, huge fry connoisseur. I only eat, even if I get a small one, I'm just going to eat about 10 fries and then give them away. So, but I, you know, I go all in, go all in on the burger. I'm not a big fast food person though. I don't, I complain all the time about eating fast food. I'm, I, I'd rather sit down and eat a hot meal any day. At Luby's. At Luby's. Really? Yeah. Luby's. Or That's Cheddar's. where you lose Cheddar's. I mean, Texas Roadhouse. Um, Salada. I mean, Salada, salada. Now, salada, salada is a good salad. It's just it's an expensive salad. Yeah, yeah you can't pay that much for salads. Come no. on. No, did I ever salad. tell you that one time about the uh, ex girlfriend that I had that she wanted me to take her to uh, to one of those Brazilian steakhouses? And those, do you, you know, need a, do you need to get this okay by Marina before you tell the story? No, nah, I already told the story. Okay. I, I tell the story every chance I get because it's <laughs> some some because some women out there are ridiculous. Women folk, if you are ridiculous and you are listening right now, stop being ridiculous. Look, do they know I, they're ridiculous? They don't know, but they've been told many times they just don't believe it. They just think people are trying to start a fight with them, but they need to understand that sometimes you might be ridiculous. Okay. So, you know, uh back to this ex-girlfriend that is absolutely ridiculous. You know, she didn't even eat meat and she wanted me to take her to a Brazilian steakhouse. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to go and take you to spend $65 per person to go have you eat salad. That's not the way it works. You nope. know? So, uh, yeah, no. Soup and salad. A, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but, but, but this one was bougie. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so that was like, your first mistake. Get with the bougie girl. Yep. Mistake. Yep. Did you dump her right like shortly after that? Because you should have. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't shortly after that. As soon as she brought up, let's go to Cheddar's and Luby's. Then yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it does. I heard them some pretty cool people over there. I mean, I, I heard there's a lot of people over there getting second chances in life. <laughs> some ridiculous women, apparently, is where it's. Oh, anyway, um, uh, Pastor Bobby, did you, did you give us your choices? I'm sorry, I was. I'm, I'm over here lost in in my hate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the, uh, like I said, I like the McDonald's fries for sure. The dollar value drink from a, from a McDonald's as well. The burger, uh, you can't go wrong with the water burger if you're talking fast food for sure. And I like the idea about the uh, sesame seed bun from Burger King. Mm. 
That's very good. What's one place where they always get it wrong? Like that one thing. Taco Bell. Wow. Nah, dude. Taco Bell is always good to me. Taco Bell. That's my place. <laughs> that's not that's about- the only reason your place is because you're cheap. That doesn't that's, count. That doesn't make it taste good. No, no, no. Just that because it's a dollar fifty nine and you can get you can get full on two dollars and ninety nine cents doesn't mean that that you get the place. five buck box, dude. Five bucks. You get the drink. You get whatever the new specialty thing is. It's always good. Yeah, but, but you know what? The after effects on all that stuff is not. This is good. one of those rare occasions where I'm almost I'm almost side over here with, with the uh, Pastor David. Yeah. Uh, uh, now with Luby's, no, no sir. <laughs> but with Pastor David. No, Taco no. Bell is delicious and affordable. <laughs> it's great. James, if you ever look at James, James has probably has about 2% body fat on him. It doesn't take much to get him full. So, uh, and he, and, and Lord, and, and Lord is my witness. This is, this is the same man that says, I get tired from chewing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Such a missing for $5. You can get full for two days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if, you, if you're talking two days, you go order a pizza for like eight bucks. You eat half uh, of it one day and half. That's four dollars for each meal. That's how you do that. But you can't be eating pizza and Taco Bell every day. That's uh, it gets a little crazy. Man, right whenever whenever I'm just I want to spoil myself and I'm feeling like a king. Right. Whenever I, I'll get a large pizza for myself and I'll get it on that cracker crust. Man, I'll tear it up, man. What's hey, a cracker crust? I, I feel like that was racist. Right? I, well, yeah. I really what's do. the cracker crust? <laughs> cracker crust matters. What is what is cracker crust? I've never heard that phrase. In my you life. mean thin crust? Isn't it called cracker crust? Don't they call it cracker crust? Or did uh, or did they? Sure get, it's, uh, thin or they crust get canceled from that. It's thin crust, and I take offense to that. <laughs> we, you and me have never heard that, David, because it's only in the. Uh, yeah, the they don't say it around us. That's stuff y'all, that stuff y'all say when we're not around, not to our face. <laughs> we're like, wait, what's the cracker crust? <laughs> Give yeah. him the cracker crust. So, so uh, y- y'all gonna go start picketing uh, outside of the, the cracker barrel or what? <laughs> yeah, we gotta get the name changed. Oh, the yeah. cracker barrel. It is a bunch of white people. Oh, there. Don't say that too loud, or else that'll be next. I know it, right? <laughs> all right, all right. No, no, really, 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 I don't know no. where, where our podcast just took a hard right and ran into the ditch. Okay, no, it it went in the, in the right direction because people <laughs> love when we rant, and I feel like ranting. I've, I'm hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever you see me next week, whenever you see me next week, give me a gift certificate. Let me let me go. I'll take I'll even take it from Louis, but I'll get it on takeout. Listen, listen. Hey, all my faithful listeners out there, I know who y'all are. Y'all know who y'all are. You do. There's a lot of y'all that's been floating around with them little Chick-fil-A cars. Just buy one, get set one sandwich, get mm-hmm. one sandwich for free. Hook your pastor up. Pastor Caesar needs a piece of bread right now. Oh, no, I got some of those. We, we used to know the guy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we gotta stack that well, thing. Then then get you some. Y'all do <laughs> y'all do me y'all do me something even better. Bring this boy a sandwich. Don't worry about giving him a gift card. I, I need when I see him on Sunday night, I need to see him with like a hamburger from Whataburger. I need to see mm-hmm. him a hamburger from Chick-fil-A. All the places. Y'all hook the brother up. He'll be in the in the food line Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, see, Wednesday exactly. night. Exactly. In the I'm gonna be feed, And I'm going to be feeding people. Sometimes I need to be fed. <laughs> feed me, shepherd. Feed me, shepherd. <laughs> feed me. 
my goodness. My goodness. Bobby, how you doing, man? I'm I'm the perfect. (laughs) We're going to reel this thing back. (laughs) We're going to reel this thing back in. Season ain't going to get not hungry for a while. So we just want to keep on moving. Um, So, Bobby, you've been leading worship for us at at Elam Church for how long? It's been a it's been a minute now. Oh, I don't know. Not that long, actually. Maybe six, seven years. Six or seven years. I mean, that's longer than, you know, some people have been saved. Right, Caesar? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was saved in 2008. Thank you. 2008. Uh Thank you. So, uh, Pastor Bobby, when you was brought on, you was the uh, you was the contemporary worship leader. Uh, you you was looked at as the the young guy on the block, right? And uh, so, as, as things have been going and music changes, how how do you think that um, as a church that we stay true to our roots, but at the same time that we have to continue to um, keep relevant, you know, and, and I know this is one of those difficult questions because um, it's the battle in the church that happens all the time. You know, it's just like half the church, they want to sing uh, the old songs and, and then, but what they don't realize is the new songs that we're singing now are going to be the old songs one day and what they call right. hymns, we call, you know, worship music now, but one day that we're going to look at back at those and we're going to look at, at those as hymns. And, and I, and I, I tell you the truth, when I hear the, the old songs now that the older I get, I just, I, I'm able to worship a little bit different. But I still love the new song. So how how do you how do you balance that out? Especially, I mean, on this podcast, really, we have you as a worship leader. We have Caesar as a drummer. James is a drummer. James uh, heads up our uh, our sound. We're all drummers. We just all, got that's right. Drum. Bobby's a drummer, and I'm just I, I'm just the dumber. Okay, you're all the drummers. I'm the dumbers. Um, you're the you're the token white guy. I'm the token. I'm the cracker in the bunch. Uh, <laughs> So how do you balance that, especially when you have young guys like Caesar and Bobby and some other people, I mean, and, and uh, James pushing you to do certain music that's more relevant, but at the same time, you have pastor in your ear saying, hey, not too many new songs, and you have, you know, the old guy in your ear saying, I wish I really was seeing some of them old songs. How do you how do you balance that out and, and try yeah. to bring it all together? Well, oh, honestly, you know, it's, um, I don't know if I have brought it all together. I don't know if I do balance it out to answer your question, quite frankly. Uh, you know, the whole music thing with the church, uh, the funny thing is, you know, we call it contemporary service or, and then we traditional service. But the truth is that whenever a song comes out, whenever a church is singing it, it's it's contemporary for them. Back in the 1800s, when a church or wrote a hymn or a song it was contemporary music for them at that time and like you said you know 20 years from now 10 years from now we'll be looking at you know the trending worship teams that are out there you know mainstream right now we'll be looking at their stuff as hymns you know probably um there are some songs that are that are just mainstays amazing grace the old rugged cross you know all those songs it's still will break a heart down. It'll bring us to the realization that we need a savior, you know? And that's the beautiful thing. Just like the songs that are written today, we'll still do that 20 or 30 years from now. As far as balancing, um, I think a lot of it is you just have to know, you have to know your, your, your congregation, be aware of, 
you know, who your congregation is. Uh, as most churches that are worth, you know, their grain and salt, they'll have a vision. They'll have a, uh, they'll know what their target audience is. Um, and even with that, you'll have your old timers who'll have, who might have um, some difficulty with that. They're like, well, you know, we want to keep it, like you said, like we used to do it. But the, the, the issue is it's not, it's, you know, if we're going to maintain, if we're going to keep growing and, and furthering the gospel, we have to be relevant with our culture now. Just like whenever, you know, speak, speaking to that person, whenever you were 20 or 30 or however age, you know, you wanted stuff that was relevant for you, something that could bring you to the awareness that, hey, I need a savior, something to that can bring you that that awareness that, hey, you know, I need to create an environment here where people feel comfortable worshiping God, where they where they realize that, hey, you know, there's a, there's a reason that I'm here. And, and, you know, I believe that music, both older and more contemporary stuff, as we want to refer to it as, they both have the ability to do that. You know, again, you just have to know your, your target audience. You have to know the culture of your church. And, uh, you know, the, the worship doesn't have to be the same in every, in every congregation, you know, because there's different people from different backgrounds. Um, and, you know, so we just need to create an environment that's suitable uh, where people are going to come and, and confront and, and, you know, the presence of God um, in that worship. Yeah. And I always, when I, when I talk to a, a certain age group in the church and, and I, I ask them stuff like that, and, you know, I've always told Sandra, I said, remind me when I get, get to that age, when I'm like, is this, is this too loud? Somebody need to turn it down. Or this song is this just re- remind me the things that I was thinking when I was youth pastor, when I had the youth saying, man, I wish we would do newer music. But then at the same time, I'd have the church saying, you know, Hey, what do we do something different? Remind me what my thoughts were then. But I, I some of the older people, I would just say, do you remember, do you, did you like Elvis? You know? And, oh, yeah, we loved us. I said, did you remember what your mom said to you about Elvis? Like he was shaking his hips too much and some of there was the devil music and all those things. I, you know, just trying to remind them about how the music was that they wanted to listen to at that time was kind of, pushing forward and a little bit, you know, what people thought was not the best music that the older, the, the music from the fifties was, was the, the music in the forties was the music. Um, and I think that a lot of it, it deals with vision, right? If, if your church knows your vision, if the church understands and pushes forward a vision saying, uh, we have to build the church for the kids, right? Kids meaning, 20 something and down uh, when you get my age, 20 or 20 year olds feels like kids, because if you don't build the church for the, that age group, then the church ends up perishing because you, you, you create a stale church. Um, yeah. And, and, but it, it all has to do with vision because if the vision's not pushed down from the top, then the old people feel like they're worthless and they have no, no value because you're changing the church for what felt comfortable to them 
for the next generation. So the vision is so important to push down and let them know we're not leaving without you. We we need you here. You are the foundation of who we are in this church. But at the same time, do you want your kids and your grandkids to go here? And if you do, then this is what we have to make it look like. And how can we make this comfortable for you? Um, one of those churches I went to, they had a pretty cool program. Uh, I thought that the program was really, really cool when I was there. But after I began to think about it, so anybody that was like 55 plus, they would pull up and they, they would get their car parked for them. Um, they had this room built into the sanctuary where they got to go in there and they had like their own chairs and they had the, the sound pumped into that room where it was controlled and they can turn it up and down as they wanted. And there was breakfast and different things in there and time for them to, you know, they had comfortable, comf- comfortable, like, um, like recliner chairs and stuff for them to, to just have, feel comfortable while the loud music and that stuff was going on. Um, so I think there's things like that that we can uh, we can do. Not we don't have to exactly do those things, but um, I think there is things that we can do to make sure that everybody feels comfortable. Coming from some young guys like you guys, I'm in a, un- a unique position right now where I hear it from both sides, right? I hear it from your you guys. I hear it from the youth, and then I you know I have the ears of the older and the younger right now because I'm just in that space of my age and, and then my position. So as, as some younger guys that are a part of the worship team, what, are, what are some of the th- things that you see that, that you would just like, we could improve on as far as not just our church, but in the Christian culture all together. And like, um, what are the things that we do right? And we do wrong. Yeah. Well, um, my upbringing, my upbringing in church, in churchianity, as I like to call it, um, I, I actually started out in a in a church that we only played Southern gospel music. So as a young twenty something at that time, I uh, and I and I came from from the club world. I used to play clubs. I used to play rock music. I used to play, you know, Spanish music and all these other kind of music, very rhythmic and very just you know filled with melodies and and just great rhythms and stuff and then i got saved and i had a radical transformation and when a part of that transformation was getting rid of that playlist and learning to love southern gospel music so it it really wasn't until i got to elam in 2013 to where i, I even heard jesus culture so i don't come from a, a contemporary background what and that might be a surprise to some people because they think, oh you're young you might you just love you just love that no i i, I my my entire upbringing in in christianity was the hymns was chorus songs every every week uh, you know congregational chorus songs we don't know none about that. This generation knows nothing about that, you know. So I found myself in a in a in a very unique position as well because I had to learn how to adapt and how to love it. I I, I didn't love it. I, I I it was hard for me to at, at first back in 2013 to really you know Jesus culture wasn't too palatable for me. Hillsong wasn't palatable for me, um, and and you know and. So I, I, I've, I've been a part of those conversations with older believers and all that. I think the problem, more so than just a genre or style or things that are dealing with a generation, is that 
believers grow comfortable and they grow stagnant. They come to church with an expectation that it's it's all about me. And if you are not a forward thinking Christian, you're not going to make it as far as being a fruit producing Christian. You know, and I know that sounds like a very divisive statement to say, uh, and I'm aware of that. And um, but but it's whenever we get whenever we get to the church, we shouldn't be getting in those doors asking what I'm going to get, what I'm going to get. We should be looking for everybody else. What are they getting out of it? And one thing that I've seen from from the older generation and people that have an older generation mentality, maybe that were brought up, not necessarily saying old people, because, again, I was one of those people. But I came from an older generation mentality and, and ministry that whenever we are just concerned only about what we get, about making sure that we hit all the check marks of our comfort for Sunday morning. And then, it, you know, if, if all those check boxes are, are, are hit, uh, then we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good worship um, um, service and all that stuff like that. But what I find happening as well on a more contemporary, you know, in quotation marks, in a contemporary level, the young people do the same thing and they ostracize the older people for their genre choices too. And the older people, I mean, the young people, if all their check marks are not hit as well, they are equally as judgmental, but without the experience, you know, so they make themselves even more, uh, uh, they sound even more foolish. And that's one of those things to where I wish there was a little more grace given from the older generation, and then just a little more humility from the younger generation as well, because really they're doing the same thing. It's just, it has a different backbeat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me ask you a question right there. So when you came to our church, you you, you had a, a very solid foundation from this other church. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever whatever disciple pro, dis- discipleship program that you went through, um, they they done well. Do you think removing yourself totally from culture, totally from contemporary type music, and just had a hard line right there that? that was positive for your growth or do you think that it really doesn't matter as long as the program is good? I don't think that's a statement of a question that, or the answer to that question is not necessarily right or wrong. uh, But there's definitely pros and cons to both Um, because, because that's the way I encountered it. Um, It definitely helped me, but that's what I needed at that time because I was so ingrained in that other culture that I needed a complete stop it 100% burn the bridge down because as much as people really don't want to acknowledge this music influences you. You know, it, it speaks it speaks to to things that regular conversation cannot it, because it's it's both logical, but then it's 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 also spiritual. It's also it also calls out to you, to your emotions. It's able to express feelings and emotions that you can't do in any other kind of form. Right. So whenever and, and that's why, like me, I'm I'll tell you right now, I am not the biggest fan of, of Christian hip hop. I, I don't prefer it. I don't I don't listen to it. It's not my thing. And uh, I understand that it is a thing. I understand that people get things from it. But for me personally, I I don't find edification for myself. Now, that's not to say, but, you know, now being a youth pastor, 
and and say, well, if my youth are really, really loving this, am I going to stop it? Am I going to put a hard line there and say, if you listen to this, you're going to go to hell? No, I, I'm, I'm that that would be foolish on my part. I'd be stupid on my part because I understand that there is value in it. And I understand that they are extracting something from it. So I won't stop it. And I'll do my part to encourage it. I, in, in our worship, I'll put some drum machines, I'll put some 808s, I'll put some those kind of things, right? Because that's something that they respond to. And what am I after? I'm, I'm after their hearts and trying to get them to Jesus and me trying to get out of the way, right? And because I don't want to say this is the only way to do it because, you know, this is how we did it back then. Hey, that was back then. Right. We are, we, we serve a God of right now. Yeah. You know, and it's and it, it's it's just one of those conversations that I, I, I don't like having too much because um, because I am a I have a very fresh face. And yes, I'm not 80, um, but I'm also not 18. And, you know, it's 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 like, well, you don't know nothing, son. It's like I, I <laughs> it's like you're, you're patronizing me. And, <laughs> right. you know, and, and, and it's like and I don't appreciate that as well. But, you know, but I, like you, just like you said, and just like you said, um, but there is something about those old songs that whenever they're saying and they're saying right. Oh, man, they have the power to to tear down walls like nothing else. Yeah. James, let me ask you, you you come from, uh, I mean, a long line of worship you know, leaders, both of your parents, uh, um, you know, seeing and your grandfather was definitely, you know, a staple worship leader, your dad worship leader at our church for a long, long time. So um, the music's inside of you and your family. Um, but you're kind of the first generation to really step outside of that box. And the music y'all do is, is like totally different from that. How do you see the difference and what do you what is the things that, you know, the 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 good and the bad on either side of that that you see? Um, well, like with anything, there's pros and cons with it. Um, I think with more modern uh, worship music, not all the time, but a lot of the times, one of the big cons that people will complain about, especially if you're like in the older music. Uh, more is a lot of times the lyrics aren't as uh, they're not as happening, I guess. There's a lot more vague, like metaphor, whatever stuff. Whereas like if you listen to old hymns, it's just like, my God is this. And it's like lots of scriptures in it. The lyrics are a lot more like scripture based and well, not that the other ones are scripture. But you can tell a difference in that. They're painting that uh, they're painting that picture of what you know what you're singing. Uh, yeah, and the, some like, of the contemporary stuff is more like repetitive, you know, saying the same thing. Like emotional kind of stuff. It's a lot more emotion as opposed to just like here's the facts of the of the gospel that we're going to sing about. You know, uh, that's one thing. But then you can also argue uh, that the music might be more interesting, maybe than like an old hymn. But I don't know. It's just like there's pros and cons everywhere. You can talk all day about it. To me, it's just. Uh, if you're the Bible tells us to worship in spirit and in truth. And if you're doing that, it doesn't really matter what the style song is. I mean, we've seen uh we've all been to services at Elam where <clears throat> the worship is going strong and uh, you know, God's there moving, doing stuff. And we've been in those services where he's doing that with like an old song from like an old hymn or something. And we've been in the services where they're doing it with new songs that just came out a month ago. 
and uh, and everywhere in between, you know. So as we're just supposed to worship in spirit and truth. So whichever genre or style you're doing it, as long as you're doing it in spirit and in truth, you know, it's going to come across and people are going to see it. They're going to feel like God's going to be there. You know, that's good. Yeah, one, one thing you asked real quick, because you answered, you asked a question as far as, as a, as a, as a church whole, not just Elam, but as a church whole, where, where are some things that we're doing right, doing wrong? I, I think one of the things that, 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 the church as a whole, where not that they're doing wrong, but where they really, really have to have to put some checks and balances on is that if if your music program is the main draw to your church, you need to switch the focus really quick, even if it's like, well, we're lifting up Jesus, we're lifting up Jesus. No, you need to make sure that you still have a church, even whenever those speakers are off and nobody's touching an instrument. Where it's not it's not led by by um, by frequencies and you know all of us here are, are 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 sound people in one way shape or the other and we know how powerful frequencies can be and the manipulation of those frequencies can it can bring out a certain response in people it's it's a it's a it's a sign it's scientifically proven frequencies can mess with you right and if uh, it, we just have to make sure that when the music stops that people are still getting to Jesus and that these movements, especially now in, in the way that things are moving, you have a bunch of big name churches that I, I'm, I would, I just kind of stand back and I ask myself the question, would they be that big? Would they, would, would they be that focal if the music stops, if they, if you put it on mute yeah. and, and, you know, and, and there's, there is a, um, there is a danger in that. There is a danger in that because especially with young people, because they don't have the wisdom and the experience uh, in walking with the Lord to understand that when the fad and the trend stops, you know, Jesus is still Jesus. Jesus is still Jesus, even whenever there is no music playing. And 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 I know we've talked about it. We've joked. I, I'd like to joke about it all the time, too. But, you know, we, we're getting all these cookie cutter we're getting all these cookie cutter Christians that want to be just like somebody else and emulate somebody else's program. And you got to be your own thing. You know, one thing Bob, uh, Pastor Bobby talked about years ago was talking about his, uh, you know, it, it, I guess he had an inward dialogue with himself about being that skinny jean wearing, you know, uh, worship leader. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, and that's what it really feels like. There's this, this, this pressure to conform because you have to be this now. No, you don't. You just got to be, just be a genuine version of yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of redundant. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> two points that a couple of you guys brought up was um, you got to know your audience. <clears throat> and if you're in a church that's multi-generational, that you can't just do all contemporary songs. You can't just do all older songs. There have to be a good mix of, of the two. And a lot of times especially with the older crowd, if you redo an old song, they appreciate that. They, mm-hmm. they they see where the where the heart is coming. Okay, you didn't leave us behind, but you put your own twist to it, right? And then, Pastor Caesar, what you were saying is that kind of the whole cookie-cutter church and churches being built off of worship teams or, or, or pastors, super dangerous when we're building churches off faces, right? 
Because what happens when the faces crash? What happens when the when the pastors fail? What happens when the worship leader um, does something that he's not supposed to do? The church crashes. Yeah. Uh, we have to make sure that we build the church off of Jesus. You know, right. how many how many times have have our power went off in our church and we kept having church? We didn't need the music. We didn't need the instruments. We didn't need that. We lifted our voice worship. Uh, with God, what God gave us. And I think that's, yeah. that's super, super important. Um, Pastor Bobby, what is your, what is your, uh, your favorite worship song or your first, something that you go to? Like, you know, for me, uh, I have a go-to song when I, when I begin to pray, what is that like a go-to song that you would, you would just sing if somebody said, Hey, sing me a worship song, lead us in this worship song real quick before we pray or, or before we, we get into this piece. Yeah, man, there's, you know, there's a couple, but one of the ones that's basic, the pastor Caesar touched on and, and it's true. It's, you know, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come, you know, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, heart of worship. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. Uh you know, that's the heart of worship song. That's, that's probably my, my main one because it's, it's that it strips away all of the glitter, all of the glam, all, all of the, the smoke, all of the lights. And it's just me and you, God, you know, lots of times, uh, you know, even just this week, um, I was sharing some news with someone and they texted me and uh, shared some words, some encouraging words and stuff. And, um, you know, all I could think about was in response to what they were texting was that it was nothing special that I do. It's not nothing. There's nothing special about me. It's all about whenever we worship is that we worship. In, and I've been thinking about this all week. <laughs> it's only Tuesday, right? <laughs> I've been thinking about it yesterday and today, even on Sunday as I was reading some stuff this weekend, Saturday, and it's like, you know, you know, God's been, man, I just feel in our, if you haven't been in our service or watch, get, get a chance to watch a live stream, the last two Sundays, God's been moving, you know, differently in the service and throughout, you know, the time of praise and worship. And it's been good and exciting to me. Um, you know, I thought about that. And, and, you know, and I know the Bible tells us that we have to, that God forgets things. You know, he, when he, we ask for forgiveness, he separates it from the East to the West. You know, he forgets about it and, and that we should too, in a sense, right? Because he washes us clean. We're new people, but it, I was thinking about it and it was just like, you know, that, that place of worship to me, it's like, I I'm worshiping when I worship I'm worshiping from back when I knew it's not like I'm worshiping from today, my perspective today, everything's going good. I'm saved. Everything's great. Yes. When I'm worshiping, I'm thankful for those things, but yet my hunger for the worship, my hunger comes from back in that place. When I realized that I needed a savior, mm, that good. is the origin of worship. And I think that's where, you know, where I worship from, or I try to, even in my, my quiet times, when I'm just, it's when I'm singing my go-to song, Heart of Worship, it's from back then when I knew I needed, my dependence on him was, 
was the, the realization of a dependence on that's a good. savior was there for me. And that's the point I worship from. That's or awesome. I try to at least. Yeah. Or keep that mindset. My, my go-to song is I exalt thee. Um, <laughs> and it's just one, it's a very simple, you know, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt thee. And it puts me in this personal position with just yeah. me and God, you know, that song slaps. Yeah. And then I tell you what, it really, when I sing that song, when I'm just thinking about singing that song, um, it, it reminds me of watching you worship Bobby. Even when you have a, a crowd of three or 400, mm-hmm. it reminds me of you worshiping God in front of all of us, but it's just you and God, right? You are in that personal, that, that private and it's just yeah. you too. And it, it, it's so, it's so awesome to see how you allow God to move through you. Even when there, you have, a, you know, 800 eyeballs on you. Um, but it's still, it's still that personal position that you have with God. And, and, and I think that's a special thing. Not everybody can do that. A lot, a lot of worship, uh, pastors and, and, and performers, you know, there's a lot of those out there too, are, are, are so worried about making sure that they are putting out a product to allow people to worship other than the position of worshiping, being the lead worshiper. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the position that a worship leader should really have would be the lead worshiper. And that that allows us to see what God's doing and how we how what it looks like to worship. And we can worship ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of conversation you can go on, you know, Google all kinds of articles, look online. You know, a big a big deal with worship leaders, I think, well, is, you know, the big question workshops and seminars, how do I get my congregation engaged? You know, and I think the key is just be genuine. And as Pastor Caesar said, yeah, by the way, I gave up on trying to find the skinny jeans. Find them in my size. <laughs> but I think the, the, the key is what Pastor Caesar said, is just to be genuine and be you. You know, we all know, hey, God created us all in his image, but yet we're all unique. We all have our characteristics. We all, we're all individuals. And, you know, he created us for his honor and for his glory. And so if you, if you, you know, just, just do you. Yeah. Good stuff. Just be you and be sincere and, and with, with a sincere heart, man. And God will take that and uh, just, uh, he'll use it. Right. Yeah. J- James, James, cause I'm interested. What was yours, man? What's your go-to? I don't even know the name of it, um, but it's, I think it might just be called, I love you, Lord. The words are, it's the one that's like, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. That one. Oh, my soul rejoice. Rejoice. Yeah. Take, Take joy, my king. <laughs> yeah. What's the name of it? I don't even, what's the name? Do we just it's got to have a name. I think on the sheet music, it just says, I love you, Lord. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's wow. the one. Pastor yeah, mine is, Go ahead. Mine is, uh, and let me just give you a little bit of that chorus real quick. And it just says, down on my knees, I learned to stand. And I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Holding my hand. What's well, funny, you know, that, it's funny that there's uh, no contemporary music in this. No, no. That stuff is fun. But but that's like, when you want to get serious, you know what you got to go to. And just like Pastor, just like Pastor Bobby said, you know. 
it's the, the why it's so central to me is because whenever I worship now, I got a lot to be thankful for. But whenever that song, whenever I'm going through something, that song always puts me back at that first place to where the dependency where I knew that without him, none of this is ever going to work, you know, and that's go on. Go ahead. You look inspired. Go ahead. What turns you up? Like when you hear that song, you're like, Oh my God, that's my song. Like, okay. Okay. Let me, let me tell you something to me, you know, like I feel that I've been there before that. What's that one? The the one, the one that gets me. Okay. The one that gets me is uh, it's an older Hillsong song. I hate saying that Hillsong song, but you can't escape it. It's it's uh it, and it's just like a chorus. It's not even lyrics, but it's, it's with everything. I know James knows what I'm talking about. With yeah. everything, there's this one part where the it's just the singers, the, the drums oh, come oh, in. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and that is the funnest song to play, but it's also the scariest song to play because when you do it, nobody's ever hitting the right notes because it's so high up there. It's in the stratosphere. The congregation doesn't know what's going on. But whenever that song plays, whenever that song hits, it's like, yeah, it's like God. We, you know, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to to go fight some lions right now. Mine is. Um... Yours is do it again. I know what yours I'd is. Do it again. That, that's <laughs> that's the, that would be like the newer one, but the other one would be uh oh my gosh, I can't even think about one. But it when it talks about taking me from the, not the miry clay one, but um oh my gosh, Bobby, go ahead. I'm gonna think of mine. What is that? <laughs> what what is that one uh, that 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 turns you on? You give a little heads up that if Pastor Pastor Ron ever finds out that that's his go to song. Man, Pastor Ron's gonna get so hyped he'll t- he'll offer to buy him lunch or something. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Pastor Ron's jam song right there too. Mm-hmm. What's uh, James? What is yours that turn you up when you hear it? I don't think I have one. Um, yeah, I don't have one. Really, man? What is that? I don't. I, in, as a general statement, not just like worship music, but in general, I don't have a lot of favorites of most things. So. Yeah, I don't have like favorite worship songs generally, but I do have that other one. Anytime, like the one I mentioned before, anytime it's like, hey, I've really got to like you're having a moment and you want to, you know, you really want to get into it on your own time. Like that's always the one that comes up for me. But yeah, I don't have like a big pumpy up whatever song. Man, I can't even think of mine right now. That just, but when it comes on, boy, That's my song. No, no, I have another one that's, but this one is whenever it actually happens in service. And that's whenever we go into the enemy's camp. Oh, mm. well, take back what the devil has stole from me. Come hey, on. We might be singing that one this week. Or the oh, next you know, week you, know we, you know, we're going to sing that. This oh, yeah. We're we going to get that with them on the convocation. We always sing that one. And then blue haired old ladies, they're going to take off the, and let, running across the, sh- the church. Let me tell you, I've said this. I've said this before. And I know we're re- we're already running up the time clock. But let me but let me tell you, I mean, you don't have church until you stop worrying about looking cute. That's the problem with churches nowadays. Everybody wants to look cute. Okay, whenever they go to church, real church, 
Yeah, I'm drawing that line. Real church is whenever you got boogers, mocos from a Latin American speaking people, whenever you got mocos coming out, whenever you don't care about how your eyes and your nose are squinting up and your hair is just all twisted up. You smelling kind of salty already because you got the sweat going, you're bumping into people and it's just you know, that's whenever you're having church. Listen, you whenever can't, nothing else. You can't be at Pentecostal, okay, with fake eyelashes. Okay? <laughs> I'm telling you girls out there, <laughs> if you got fake eyelashes, you can't be at Pentecostal because, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to get a hold of you and you're going to cry and you're going to melt that glue off and you're going to have eyelashes <laughs> running down your face. Pastor David, you got some young lady out there that does lash extensions already hating on you. I'm t- yeah. Listen, listen, I'm telling you right now. And you want you, you girls over there dabbing the tears that's coming out because you don't want to run that expensive uh, eye makeup and all that. Listen, don't Come put on. it on. Come to church. That's why the, Talk to the UPCs, they had it right because they could just cry. They don't have to worry about the makeup, <laughs> makeup uh, coming down their face. We got to get back to the Holy Spirit moving in our church and allowing him to move. Because he's moving. Yeah. But is he moving you? That's the thing. You have to be in a position to allow God to move you through these worship music. Because what is the worship about, really? Is it just about for Bobby and the team to get up there and perform and play all of our favorite songs that we all expect next time? We, you heard our, song, our songs, Bobby, so we expect those songs <laughs> next time you lead worship. No, it's not. But it's about bringing the Holy Spirit in and, and aligning our spirit up with his spirit. That way, when the pastor gets up there and brings the word, you ain't still thinking about what happened and, and what the Texans are going to do or what the Astros are going to do later on that night and what restaurants you're going to go to. No, worship is that thing that, that removes those things, allows the Holy Spirit to be front and center in the worship service so God can change your life through the word. Can I get an Amen. 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 Stop <laughs> worrying about looking cute. That's there right. It's not about looking cute. And let, let, let me just speak on that for a second. Can All I right, come you? on with let it. Let me talk about that for a second. Come on with it. Listen, girls, especially some of you, you, you youngsters. And all you know how I like you know how I like my little Espanol girls. You know, that's my thing. <laughs> some of y'all, you you need to remember when you come to church, it's not about you. It's not about how your booty looks in your your pants. It's not about those things. It's about God. So quit creating distractions for some of these young men that are trying to come in and hear who God is and what God's going to do in his life. And he can't pay attention because your pants are so tight and your and your and your 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 top is so low cut. Okay, listen. These are men. And you ain't dressing like that unless you want to see these men look at you as you walk up and down the aisle 14 times so people can see you. Sit your tail down, get you a a nice little dress that, you know, don't fit you so much and let God move in your life and let God move in these young men's life. And then maybe if God changes the both of y'all, then you can find somebody that's worth finding one day and get married to. And both of y'all can receive this Holy Spirit, this man named Jesus. Come on. And y'all can come together equally yoked. Come on. Tag me in whenever you're done. Tag me in. Come on. And see what God can do in your relationship. Go ahead, Pastor Caesar. (laughs) All right. And then y'all worried about looking thick. What you need to be worrying about is that the Holy Spirit is 
thick all around you and his uh-huh. presence is thick all around you. Okay. Amen. All right. That's what you got to be worrying about. All y'all worrying about having your little onlyfans.com kind of thing. You only oh. need one fan and that's Jesus. Okay. So guys, girls, stop trying to look at that girl and then, and, and, and you, tr- <laughs> your, your mind's running to go and do everything that you can with her. The only fan you need is Jesus. Okay. He needs to be a fan of you. Are you a fan of him? Come on now. We ain't done it messed up. I'm, I was tired, but now I am alive and I am awake. Well, come on. Somebody. Somebody tap me in. I'm tapping in. <laughs> what you got, James? Tap in. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. For the dudes, too, because y'all talking about the girls, but the guys do it, too. Uh, nobody. It, it's not as uh, obvious, I guess. But the guys are too. You put on that shirt and, and it, it, it hugs your arm just right. And oh, you bought yeah. it specifically because you thought it made you look strong or whatever. Or you get those pants that are just tight enough that yet uh-huh. the guys do it, too. Oh, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not OK when you do it, too, either. I I'm all, I've, been, I've been wearing lots of baggier clothes these days. Just cause, uh, <laughs> I know because you don't want to show all the muscles. I see you. Sometimes you bend over and I, I see I see what you got going on, all the muscles and stuff. I see. But let when me I talk bend to over? Both, not, not like bend over, but like I see when you, you never mind. Never mind. That came out wrong. Put that behind a paywall. Put that behind a paywall. One more thing. One more thing. Well, let's talk about the smells in a church. Can we talk about the smells in the church? <laughs> some of you young men wear, wear way too much cologne. Oh, okay? Man. And Listen, some of y'all don't wear enough. And some of you, I was about to say, some of y'all some don't of wear enough. Some of you old ladies wear too much, too. You yeah. know And then you if, know who if, you are. Because you're listening. If you drink coffee, give, oh, me, that's me. give me 50 feet. Okay. Oh, okay. You don't try to, to get now. up. Don't try to get up in my, my face at 830 in the morning with I'm your coffee breath. You. And then try to say, oh, how, how good Jesus is. I can't even concentrate on Jesus because your breath is so strong. Anyways, sorry for going off on the rinse. We are ready for convocation, ladies and gentlemen. Bobby, I'm sorry that you had to join us. And we, we, oh, we, man, it's, I, I, it's, it's all truth, all truth, man. <laughs> Hey, well, this is what you can encounter on El- on Elam's number one podcast. We are the biggest. We are the best. We are the greatest. Shout out. Shout out worldwide. <laughs> well, guys, it was good. I know that we 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 uh we joked around a lot, but at the same time, worship is so important. Uh, you know, we have some we have, you know, Brother Stacy, we have Pastor Bobby, um we have Josh, Julie, some of those guys that are really doing some good things that are coming up. And you know, I I, I, I see Pastor Bobby and I see the, some of these young ones that are coming up on under him, and if he wants to believe it or not, or t- or take some of the the things that we're saying right now, it's because of him to see, especially like people like Josh growing up under him and growing up under Brother Stacy's uh, tutelage, you know, and letting him be able to see God and godly men around him because he didn't necessarily get to see that at his house, right? But he's seen what it looked like for going to band practice and worshiping and getting to see some of those same things. I know because I I didn't get that at home. When I was a kid, my dad didn't go to church. But when I seen Pastor Mark and Pastor Ron and and Bobby, when I met Bobby, when he was was a a youth uh, leader, you know, certain people like that that I, I watched throughout the years that were influential in my life. And I see, you know, Josh the same way and I see Julie the same way. And you're teaching as as you're doing it, even though if you're not sitting over there, 
giving them instructions or whatever it may be. They're, they're watching you. And um, I appreciate you, man, everything that you do at our church and how faithful you've been over the years. And, you know, we, we've had conversations and we don't have to go into all those conversations, but I know sure. I know your heart and uh, I appreciate everything that you do. Well, it's a blessing, man. Always, always, for sure. And again, just want to thank you all for having me on here tonight. It was a uh, it was quite an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> all good, all good, man. Uh, it's just a good just to hang out with y'all. Just, just, you know, just see a, a different aspect of y'all that I don't see at church. So that was cool. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Listen, you guys, I, well, really getting back to the heart of worship, just don't take that stuff for granted just because we come into church every single week. And, we, you know, if you go to a lot of churches, man, you got the drum that's offbeat and the guitar player that's still learning that third chord. Um, and it, it's rough. And we, we have whatever band that you want to you pick, you know, they're good. And the three or four or five bands that we have in our church and we can just swap out guitar players or bass players. Listen, all of that is worthless. If you don't engage and engage in the Holy Spirit, we have these worship services. So I appreciate you guys for to, for being so faithful to our worship, our worship teams, all of our worship teams. And uh, truly, you know, we're not what we are unless we let God move through us. And, and, and when he does that, we, we are super powerful as a men of God. And I appreciate each and everything that you guys do. Yeah. Well said. Amen. Amen. All right. This is the Refuge Project.